Hello and welcome back everyone. I got a great episode for you today with Fielding Shredder. Many of you may know him from Netflix's Hyperdrive, from Lone Star Drift, Drift Week, and other things that he's been doing over the years. A super cool guy. Get to find out his opinions on a lot of what's going on in the drift world today and what his experiences have been like. Uh, Before we get to it, I do want to thank Dream Tank Soap for helping me out with this as well as getting you guys a lot of other drift media. And Driftlink, that is Driftlink with a Q at the end, a great website to find out what events are going on and just news that's happened at past events. So with that done, let's get to it. I have to ask because I'm sure 100% of the time it is the most asked question, but your name is Fielding Shredder from birth Yep. (laughs) on your driver's license. Yes, sir. Has anyone ever thought you had a fake license when you showed them Fielding Shredder? Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's not, it's not a very common name, but that's all right. Uh, it's like, obviously your parents win at parenting just for a name alone. <laughs> um, well, Fielding, I'll be honest, I hated that name growing up. Um, but then you get to follow it up with Shredder. So like, yeah, you have a, like, I don't know of anyone named Fielding. So Fielding is a unique name for me, at least. And then follow it up with Shredder. And it's just like, fuck, yeah, I want to be this dude's friend. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but and then, of course, with the name Shredder, any turtles should hide from you, I believe. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's still everything gotta hide yeah anything that's you know teenaged and mutant should not be around you uh (laughs) but uh yeah so really uh so i i know you've been competing in drifting for a while now but like did you do any sort of racing or like any other stuff in motorsports before getting into drifting um not really like i did a couple autocrosses and just kind of like putzing around on go-karts a little bit but nothing ever like good my parents weren't into motorsports and they weren't um supportive they were like that's too expensive go get a job (laughs) fair enough (laughs) um all that shit definitely adds up really quick yeah exactly and um so my dad was military background, so he was not about to just blow every dollar he earned on some stupid pipe dream of, of racing or whatever, even though. And also, I'm like, you know, a 16-year-old kid that's like, Dad, I want to go racing. And he's like, no. <laughs> Did you, was your first car something that you started out wanting to race, or what was your first car? Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my first car, well, first of all, my, my parents were not going to buy me a car. Okay. Um, they said that if I, if I wanted a car, I could go get a job and earn money and buy one. And I'm like, well, how do I get to work if I don't have a car? And I'm like, I don't know, figure it out. Work somewhere close so you can ride your bike. And <laughs> so just, instead, it's I so unrealistic I for most people. <laughs> right. So I thought I'd be smart and buy a cheap car and 
and just do it that way. So I found uh, a friend of mine actually had this piece of shit parked in his driveway that his, his sister had for a couple of years and just randomly stopped running one day and it had been sitting in their driveway for like two years. Um, God, I don't even want to tell you what it was. It's a 1989 Pontiac Le Mans. Oh man. Which is, if you don't know, one, the worst car ever, but two, <laughs> it's the predecessor to the Pontiac Aztec. So, so you're saying it's literally the best vehicle that could ever exist. <laughs> it's literally, yeah. The <laughs> ugly, so so let, me, let, me, let me follow this up by saying the guy who designed the Aztec, the very first car he ever designed was the Pontiac Le Mans, the 1989 version, not the, uh, not the old, not the good old, one. Like, muscle car the gto not that one yeah not that one it's the the 80s one that's a complete shit box uh it was actually basically a rebadged opal tigra which is also a complete piece of junk and he he designed just those two cars and then got fired (laughs) sounds like uh you totally backed that decision from gm (laughs) yeah so i bought that i bought it for two hundred dollars not running. Uh, like I said, it didn't run. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't run. And then I talked one of my other friends' moms into letting me push the car into her garage and work on it until I got it running. Um so fast forward like seven months where the car is completely destroyed, taken apart. I have no idea how to put it back together. Still doesn't run. And then she's pissed. And so <laughs> She's like, get this piece of shit out of here. And so I call another friend uh, whose dad's a mechanic. And I talk him into coming over and helping me out. This, you know, sob story high schooler. And he comes over in about 30 seconds. He's like, yeah, I need a 20 amp fuel pump fuse. And then it'll start right up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Uh, rough. Yeah, we put it. Right. We put a fuse in it. It starts right up. And I'm just like, shit, I got a car now. And now I got to get all this crap out of here. So sure enough, I, I drive this thing back home and I'm like, see mom and dad, I, I got my own car. I got it running. Like, oh my God, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Proved you guys wrong. I was able to do this right. with my Pontiac Le Mans. Right. I feel like and that, then, that's the version of a repressed childhood that grows up to be a partier is someone that gets a horrible car and just has the worst time trying to even fix up a horrible car that they're like, okay, I'm going to race cars now. I'm not dealing with the slow yeah. horribleness anymore. Yeah, it was ex- exactly. Um, so then I, I start like ricing this thing out a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, Fast and the Furious had just dropped. Was it bad? And <laughs> no, I couldn't afford that. Like, I mean, like, like you know, LED lights, okay. and stupid shit like that. Um, and then I'm racing a friend of mine. We get out, of, we get out of class or out of school. We're racing in front of the high, in front of the high school, and the thing explodes and catches on fire. Oh, shit. <laughs> right, right as school lets out. So here's. My, I'm on the side of the road. My car is like billowing flames, and everyone just got out of class, and they're all just watching me. Like, holy shit, what is going on? Uh, it was hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> like that seems like the ultimate high school embarrassment story. 
yeah. of how do I get everyone to look at me from high school in the most negative way? Oh, this guy's this kid's car's on fire. Right. So like that's that's the kid who thought he could get it running and then thought it was cool and put <laughs> lights on it and then tried to race some guy and got not just smoked, but also went up in flames and there's no fire extinguisher anyway. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't even have to ask in the story if you were winning because of the car you were in. <laughs> yeah, I gave him a run for, you know, a couple hundred yards. And then that's fair. Uh, I hit the afterburners. <laughs> <laughs> they just pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so what hooked you into drifting then? Was it the love for Fast and Furious? stuff going on or well if you recall you know the first couple didn't have drifting in them really true um and so i didn't really know what drifting was it's still very new and a friend of mine uh pulled up a video one day and, and showed me um i'll never forget it was a video of kaguchi drifting his black 180 sx and it was just like the most mind-blowing thing for me at the time and i'm like holy shit i have to try this i have to I have to attempt to do this. Hell yeah. And so I went I went and bought an S13 and um just started driving like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way yeah. to do it. Yeah, I mean, there are there are better ways to do it, but <laughs> basically me and, and two other buddies all bought S13s and it rained a lot uh this particular summer and we were driving them around like dickheads. <laughs> and at the end of the summer, I was the only one who didn't crash my car. So I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I got a knack for this. You know, it's kind of cool. You're, I'm so. doing this right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. So how far did you get to take that S13 before? Like, I, I know your current car, the S14. Uh, unsure of what craziness has happened between there um the yeah so the s13 like was all stock and i ended up blowing the motor and i just sold the car and didn't have anything cool uh for several years my my parents were told me to go focus on school and um stop thinking about cars and so i did that until i was like 21 and then I got the itch again, and I, I had a decent job at the time. So I was like, I'm buying myself a car. So I bought my car, my S14, the one you saw from Hyperdrive. Nice. I bought that for myself for my 21st birthday with the intention of, of drifting it and crying, you know, making a go at drifting in some capacity. Hell yeah. Yeah. So you've comp- is it Lone Star that you have been competing at for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I drive all the one star events. Um, we got lots of, lots of fun events, both competition and just party events. And in the past, probably 10 years, I think I've only missed one event. Oh shit. Uh, and that was actually to go to hyperdrive. So, okay. That's yeah, pretty, pretty consistent. Yeah. So I'm sure most people listening to this have seen you on hyperdrive and got to hear about some of your journey along with that um how did the process go for you getting picked for hyperdrive or 
Yeah, it was it was pretty long and drawn out. I'll give you the short version. I have sure. a a full version on my YouTube channel. So if anyone's okay. listening and wants to know everything, go check that out. Um, but basically, they just had a really kind of boring, bland, uh, you know, drivers wanted for TV show. Okay. And so everyone and their mother applied. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was very basic, just like give us your your name, your age, your car, some of the mods, some of your, your background or whatever, and some pictures. I'm like, okay. So everyone did that. And then I didn't hear back for a couple months. So I followed up with them. I'm like, yo, what's the deal? Like, oh yeah, we're still doing it. We're just going through all the applicants. There's like over 10,000 applicants. Um, we're trying to whittle it down. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to do this. <laughs> and then fast forward another month, nothing. I didn't hear anything. So I emailed them back. Hey, what's up? Oh yeah, still doing this and that. And then another couple months goes by, didn't hear anything. So I followed up and they're like, okay, yeah, we're getting narrowed down. And then they started asking these like qualifying questions. They're like, okay, so are you willing to um, take a, a month off with no pay and, and come out here to wherever the track is going to be with no, you know, quit your job or whatever you got going on and take a month off? I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> And so, of course, a lot of people were like, I can't do that. You know, yeah, that so then they, that's a hell of a thing to ask for people. Yeah. And then they um, wanted me to go on my own dime, go take a, a physical from a doctor and to make sure that I was physically able to do the show. And I'm like, OK. So I went and paid, you know, 200 bucks, got a physical, um, mailed them all the information, whatever. I'm like, OK, you're healthy. So that eliminated a whole nother group of people that either didn't want to go through the investment of a, you know, yeah. a maybe basically, or they just, um, couldn't pass the, the physical exam. So then they wanted to do a background check. So I had to do, give them all my, my information and they checked everything up and down, make sure I wasn't a felon and stuff. Um, then that, that whittled it down even more. And then they start asking these really sketchy questions. They're like, okay, are you willing to uh, drive this course and sacrifice any, like, any damage on your car and you have to pay for it? And I'm just like, uh, what am I going to be doing? They're like, we can't tell you, but you have to say yes or no. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Damn. And so... Dude, and then this went on for two years. Holy okay. shit. It was two years of me like following up every month. Hey, what the hell? And they're like, oh. And then they would ask another sketchy ass question. And I would just be like, yep, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll do it. <laughs> like, okay. Just become then, numb like, to essentially it, giving your life away. Yeah, I was just like, I'm just like, well, whatever, whatever they ask, I'm just going to go like the yes man approach and just say, yep. 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 Whatever you ask. Yep. Like, can I have your firstborn child? Yep. Okay. Like whatever they asked, I didn't care. I just said, yeah. Sure. And eventually they were like, okay, and here we are like a month out and they're like, all right. Um, you're a maybe. Oh my and God. Like, okay. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? They're just like, well, you might be on the show. I'm like, well, we're like 30 days out. You, want, you might want to tell me. And they were like, that's all we can tell you. You're a maybe. I'm just like, all right. And they're like, check back in a week. I'm like, okay. Like check back duty. in a week. They're like, yeah, they're like, you're a maybe. I'm like, okay. Check back in another week. They're like, yeah, you're still a maybe. I'm like, when are you guys going to tell me? You're like two weeks out. And they're like, yeah, we don't know. 
I'm just like, okay. And then I, and then it wasn't until eight days before I had to be in New York. They were like, okay, you're on the show. Fucking <laughs> a. I'm, like, I'm just like, all right, sick. So now I get to like quit my job and tell everyone that I'm leaving for a month and then prep my car for this crazy thing that you didn't tell me anything about. And they're like, yep, good luck. I'm like, okay, cool. So, yep. I just was in, like complete blind faith, basically. That was one thing I was going to ask is if there was any prep to knowing if you needed to protect the underside of your car at all. They gave us very, very vague um, information. Like basically they didn't tell us shit. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, there, there might be some jumps. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like anywhere between like six and 24 inches. And I'm like, that's a big fucking difference. Like <laughs> a six inch jump my car will take. A 10 inch or bigger jump will taco any car except a rally car or a truck. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. And then they send me these like really crappy drawings of like, it's like basically like on a napkin where they're like, these are some of the elements that could be on the show. <laughs> and it was like, dude, it was like this, this car jumping off a building, like through a shipping container and landing in water. And I'm just like, you're going to kill everybody. And they're like, well, you know, it's not exactly going to be like, we don't really. And basically what I think is they just didn't know. Yeah. They had no idea. Making what shit up and sending it out to people. They're just like producers and art designers and, and set designers that are like, this would be cool. This would be cool. And they're just drawing random pictures and none of them know anything about cars or how they work or like what they actually can do and not do. Yeah. You know, they've all, they've all watched batman and, and all these crazy you know fast and the furious and stuff They're like yeah these things can do this and you're like no none of that is real like, yeah i i think <laughs> that definitely cars, sh- that, that, like they kind of prove that to themselves during it um because yeah. i mean i watched it whenever it first came on so i can't remember how everything went exactly but like whenever they did the massive water thing that basically just crushed a car from above mm-hmm. i was just like uh, they really didn't think this through for shit, did they? Well, you know, I, honestly, that one was one of the more safe and tested uh, obstacles. They shot that water cannon at the, the stunt car, which was a Pontiac GTO. Okay. They shot that thing 30 times. They shot it from every different angle. They shot it with the car moving. They shot it with the car reversing. They shot it with the car parked. Oh, wow. They shot that sucker, like, for an entire day. They just shot that thing. And never did anything to the car. And then the, the first couple of cars that went through the water cannon, no problem, myself included. Um, but then that Mercedes that went through, I think it was, you know, the angle of the windshield or maybe what, maybe it was speed glass and they didn't, they didn't yeah. check that it was um, an OEM windshield or I don't know, something. But yeah, that, that sucker didn't, didn't last at all. Yeah, that looked rough. Um, so trying to think were you guys able to get much in for practice runs or anything or how were you able to like see the course before actually driving it that was one of the most difficult parts we got zero practice Oof. so they did not they did not give us an opportunity to drive the course at speed or even half speed um there was a couple chances where like in a, a random parking lot off in the corner, they would put some cones and be like, see if you can do it, a, a figure eight or a donut. And I'm like, I can do that in my sleep. I can't <laughs> jump through a shipping container. From or a I building. can't like, <laughs> yeah, like I can't, I can't slide 
from it, there'll be three surface changes. It'll, it'll go from concrete to tarmac over a manhole cover and to gravel. And, and like, you have to hit a target on the outside. And they're like, yep, you got to do that first try. And I'm just like, you guys nope. have no idea how hard that is. <laughs> no idea. And especially with like the only ones that really have a chance for a lot of that were people with drift experience because of how much they wanted cars to get sideways. It seemed like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> you know, car, car sideways is the most exciting thing on video or on film. Sure. So. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, they definitely tried to make it like anyone's game. Yeah. And I think had there been a different uh, group of drivers or maybe like a drag racer who also has had track experience or whatever. But remember, with all those crazy qualifying questions they were asking, it was hard enough to get 30 people to say, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And yet, like, they so, still had you as a maybe until eight days out. So I'm just like, how, yeah. how many people, um, I wonder, did they still have going into, like, that final month of, okay, we still need to whittle it down from, you know, X number down to 30. And I'm just like, the amount of sociopaths like yourself that were willing yeah. to just be like, yeah, whatever. Oh, you're going to throw me in a meat grinder? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, some of them, um, some of the people were, were chosen much earlier in the game. Like Brittany, yeah. for example, was chosen immediately. She knew a year and a half before the show started that she was on the show. Okay. Um, which, you know, good for her. Like sure. cute blonde from drive has a cool car. Like, yeah, she's, she's, a, a she's in. Um, whereas someone like me is like, you know, kind of just like, normal white guy with a with a 240 like mm, you know on paper i'm not really that exciting and yet somehow and you have all the fangirls <laughs> well that's not until after they see me put it all on the line you know that's I mean? fair that's fair um yeah like like showing up round one or episode one like you might think my car is kind of cool if you are into 240s but if you're not then you're like whatever some ricer and some random dude <laughs> you know it wasn't until like the end of, of my run where people were like, Oh shit, this guy can drive. And my yeah. car pretty cool to watch. It, it was definitely a rad so, first um, run. Like, and knowing that you had no practice runs now, I'm just like, dude, like for you just randomly continuing to manji shit that you've never driven on before. Yeah. And just like full it, send. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really like, a commitment and i knew that at some point driving like an asshole was going to get me in trouble like i knew that and i actually said that to to mike my spotter he's like yeah yeah you better chill out and i'm just like ah but but like we're on tv this is going to be entertaining exactly. like, i'm giving them what they want you know and i i knew that i was smart enough to at least know that like yeah if you're gonna go go big and whether you crash or not like it doesn't matter i don't i knew enough to know like or to, to personally not so much care about winning the trophy um my goal was more to win the the hearts of the audience you know the hearts yeah. of the crowd at home because i knew that that would be way more longer lasting than some random trophy that no one cares about absolutely like i i truly couldn't agree with you more because there really is that second game going on of this being an opportunity to get your name out there, your face out there, you're driving out there. So hell, if right. there's someone that's 
you know, needing a driver to do something for anything from, you know, TV movie to wanting to have you at an event to do some drift demoing. It's just like, my name's out there now. They know how to reach me. I'm the only motherfucker with my name. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and it's still, even after the show, I'll be honest, it's still like difficult to get gigs. I've gotten people have reached out to me and stuff and I've done a couple that have been really great. Um, classic cars had me out to one of their events in, in Phoenix, which is really cool, but I don't have a SAG card. And so even as, as much driving and and as much as like people can see my abilities, I'm still not eligible for a lot of movie gigs and, and driving gigs, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, we'll work on that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so the thing about a SAG card is you can't get on a movie set without having a SAG card, and you can't get a SAG card without already being on a movie. That's rough. So man. it's this weird, yeah, it's this weird, like, double negative that you have to either know someone that will really just put you in their movie and, and know that you're not SAG, or you'll have to, um, I don't even know how to get it, or you have to just, like, sleep with a producer. I don't know what, I don't know how to do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I, I really don't. Fair enough. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. And I've actually had one person on here before that has done stunt driving and all sorts of stunt work in movies. Uh, or movies and TV. For uh, if you if you know of Zandara Kennedy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, sure, she drifted at LS Fest West and East last year and has, yeah. has a... Th- 350z ls swapped um but i like i had her on the podcast and got to talk to her like she does a bunch of cw shows and she's done like x-men movies and stuff like that and deadpool wow what's her name uh zandara kennedy kennedy super fucking cool person Hmm. i have to look her up but uh yeah she was great to have on but yeah that might be someone that can help you out um i know the only time i've got to see her driving in person was at a uh, grid life uh south atlanta uh okay. and it seemed like you had a hell of a time getting out there even yeah that was rough was she there that same weekend uh i don't think she was at grid life okay um i think she was just at the ls fest i know she was out of canada so she couldn't really make it to everything I can't find her on Facebook. Maybe I'm spelling her name wrong. Uh, I I can't remember if she has a Facebook or not. I know she has an Instagram. I can send it to you later. Okay. Yeah, I'd just be curious to see. Um, also, she has but an yeah. IMDb page. <laughs> of course she does. But That's one thing I don't have. <laughs> really? I figure as soon as you'd be on a Netflix show that they'd like an IMDb page just magically forms in the cloud. Yeah, you might think so, but no. <laughs> okay. I found her on, I found her on Instagram. Okay. But, uh, so, so what was it that, was it a trailer broke or what happened on your way out to grid life last year? Oh, I got rear-ended. That's I got right. Involved in a hit and run. Yeah. 
guy rear-ended me, shoved me into the semi-truck in front of me, and then he took off. And there I am, stuck in the highway with a total truck, a total trailer, and a like completely smashed drift car in the trailer. <laughs> and I was an hour away from grid life. It was a, about a 20-hour drive, and I'd driven 19 of it. That is so terrible. It was terrible. It was awful. And that happened but, uh, just before like day one, right? Yeah. Like that happened the day after hyperdrive came out, bro. Holy fuck. Yeah. So that week was so like, it was, it was one of those weeks that was, everything was going too good. So, uh, four days before hyperdrive drops, I'm competing at Lone Star Drift, and I won first place. Oh, man. Which never happens. I never win. Um, and not only did I win, but I also got uh, this special prize, which was just for that event, which was the winner gets to go and drift at the Hoonigan Burnyard for, with C- at SEMA. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, I, not only did I win, but I also won this rad prize. And then four days later, Hyperdrive comes out so I can finally talk about it. And like, you know, shit starts blowing up. I'm like on cloud nine, having the best time. And then we leave the next day for grid life and we're driving through. And then my truck gets totaled. (laughs) Like, yeah, I just went from top, you know, top of the the earth to the bottom. A serious up and downs week. (laughs) Yep. That's a... Yeah, that's insane. Um, it was. I'm glad that at least you were able, you managed to make it out to Grid Life with a running car. Or if you had to get the car running while you were there, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, the car was okay. It was just some, some body damage, which was, you know, no mm-hmm. stranger to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like, it was really cool. I, I posted online on my Facebook, hey, someone saved me, and... They got like a hundred shares within an hour. It was amazing. And people came out to help out. Savannah Little brought her truck and like no questions asked, hooked up to my trailer and drug it to grid life. And then another guy, um, George came and uh, helped out by, by hooking my truck up to his trailer and like dragging that to his shop so we could wrench on it. Nice. It was really, really cool to see like everyone throw down and like, I was trying to give people gas money and stuff and everyone was just like, no, nope, no, nope, we got you, dog. You're good. Just get to grid life. It was really cool. It's one thing about, I think the drift community as a whole, that is just like so fucking enticing is how kind people are out there and just like so willing to help out people that they often never even met, but be like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that guy. Or even, Hey, yep. I have a buddy that this happened to. Can anyone help him out? And um, you know, almost every time it's, yeah, let's see what we can do. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was very, very awesome. And like definitely brought up, you know, took a lot of stress off of me because here I am. Like that was one of the first events that I really traveled to outside of Texas. Okay. Um, and <laughs> here I am like in the middle of the highway with a total truck. I'm just like, this is why I don't leave Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, that's yeah. pretty terrifying being 19 hours out and being and just I'm stuck now. What do I do? 
Yeah. And of course, insurance was completely useless. Like I called them and they're like, oh, it's Friday. Yeah. Sorry, bro. We're not going to even like do anything until Monday. Holy crap. And I'm like, well, Monday is after grid life. And they're like, yeah, you could just like store it. If you want to get, you know, they were like, you want us to have a record come grab it and they can, you know, stick it in the lot. <laughs> I was like, no, I need to get him to drag it to the grid life, to the racetrack. And they're like, oh, we're not going to do that. Oh, man. <laughs> just like, Awesome. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, that so it's just a really shit position and thankfully the community was able to come together and help out. Right. Exactly. Um how'd you enjoy getting to drive uh Road Atlanta for the first time? It was really cool. It was uh polar opposite of what I was thinking it would be. So I thought that the the downhill uh, entry, the FD entry was going to be like fast and scary and like, you know, something I was worried about. And yeah. I was like, and the S's will be easy. And it was the exact opposite. Like the downhill was nothing. It was so easy to do. And, and like, I was not faced by that, but then the S's were way more difficult than I thought that they would be. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a polar opposite, but I love the track. It was super cool. I love the elevation change. Um, you know, I like being able to mix it up. I got to tandem with Osbo a little bit. Hell yeah. And some other really good drivers. And it was cool. It was really cool. I enjoyed it. Now, with your with your car, do you do actual, very many actual uh, competition style events? Or is it mostly just like seat time, like driving weekends? Yeah, it's, it's a majority of comp events um, okay. here in Texas. I, uh, I'm really like kind of opinionated on what a pro-am car should be okay and i'm not oblivious to my opinionatedness but <laughs> um i i don't like going to particular type of competition events because it takes a lot of the fun out of drifting and okay. also you have a lot of drivers um which if they're listening to this and i'm i'm talking about you i'm, I'm not trying to be offensive to you but yeah, you're fucking up. Um, <laughs> so a lot of drivers, a lot of drivers spend all their effort, time, money on building the car, and very little on actually driving the damn thing. For sure. And so, anytime I see like a pro am car with a dog box, for example, or running like really sticky Formula D style tires, or have like 800 horsepower, all of those, and then you know you watch them drive, and you're like, bro, you can't even connect the track, like. What are you doing? Granted, um, I know the last program I was at, I think the people who got like first, second, first and second were both north of 700 horse. Yeah. And I, and you know, if you know how to drive, then it's a you different can story win with under 500 horsepower. Like, yeah, especially. And, and again, this is pro-am like this is the, yeah. the grassroots level. Like and, and, I feel personally that you don't need that kind of car to compete on a grassroots level. Yeah, and I think it's a healthy change that this year they are limiting pro am, I believe, to two fifty five tires. So yeah, that's actually so that's another thing that I I can't stand. Um, it's not it's not that they're limiting them to two fifty five tires. See, there's a couple problems with that. I don't want to get too good. far into it if that's not the direction you're going. But basically, there's only a couple manufacturers that make two fifty five tires. Okay. Because that wasn't a size for a long time. There was 245 and 265, and it would, you know, 
that was, was no 255 definitely so. something i noticed whenever i read the 255 number and like like i, I have an 04 gto came factory 245s whenever i bought it the person before me had it on 265s i had never seen 255s in my life so Correct. i always thought so whenever i read the number it was very weird size. yeah formula d got with the couple tire manufacturers to create a monopoly for that size oh shit. that's why that size exists today yeah and like even so, when i search a lot oh is it nexon Nexon and Achilles. Okay. So for Pro 2, they made that size. And that way, nobody else could buy any other tires. Gotcha. Come in and say, oh, well, you, I, have, I have my company, you know, my, my brand that I'm sponsored by. Like, no, no one makes it. So now what's happening is Pro or Pro-Am series are adopting the Pro 2 rulebook, which I also don't agree with. Um, for other reasons, but okay. they're adopting the, the Pro 2 rulebook so that people are now forced to buy these tires. So these other tire manufacturers that make fantastic tires are no longer eligible for really dumb reasons. And here's the thing, a 215 Achilles 123 makes more grip than a 295 Kenda JR20. Holy shit. Like just straight up, it makes more grip because the Rubber compound, maybe not a 295, maybe that's extreme, but a 265 has okay. less grip than, than a 215 Achilles. One, two, three. Yeah. So you're telling me I can't run a 265 Kenda against a 255 Achilles that makes four times the grip because of the number on the side of it? Like, that's so dumb. It has nothing to do with anything. You know what I mean? Sure. So that, that like that right there just makes, it's just annoying. Like they don't need to do that. They're trying to control stuff in the wrong way. If you ask me, it it sounds like it very well could be a, they're under pressure from their tire sponsors for the sport and had to go that way. (laughs) Well, so, so in formula D it makes sense because they were having supply issues, you know? Yeah with the demands in pro two with the people running the same size tires as pro one. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it should be more focused on the driving and less focused on your car spec. Like your car has to be this and has to be that. I think that's silly. I think people need to focus more about like how many laps can I do? You yeah. Know? So I, I can see that point of view. And then also then the part of me that I, it's partly like the nerdy numbers part of me. It's just like min maxing of, you know, the reason why, there's a reason why they have a certain weight of the, the weight the car needs to be versus tire. Because if you have two people of identical skill, one has, you know, a 2000 pound car that's, 800 horsepower and is running a, the stickiest tire and then the other car isn't um it, you know depending on how big of a gap you can end up creating between the cars it definitely changes the competitive edge right yeah and i, I think too with, with drifting especially it's, it should all be about talent and skill and not about 
car set up or car build or money is what that boils down to. Yeah. You know, how much money do you have? Because that's why drag racing is so boring. It's 100% of the time, the guy who wins has more money. That's yeah. it. And so you get into like the ridiculous, like, you know, three second, four second runs where all that matters is the guy who gets the whole shot. True. Um, um, now, I, and I've heard from other people that just love this, love the idea. And it, I, I still think it'd be one of the coolest things to happen is if you were, if like, if there was a company out there that was willing to create a series of having all these pro drivers come out and have just a 100% identical setup car. Yeah. Where, like a stock car. Yeah. You know, if you had an S14 with a 1J or something where you had enough, you had enough power to get good smoke and everything else, just like a 500, four or 500 horse. So you can actually put on a show because if there's no smoke, I just don't think there'll be enough people willing to watch to make it worth doing. Right. Um, and, but yeah, just have everyone on identical setups. You can get sponsors by doing identical setups because guess what? Each car is going to have the same brakes and same throttle and same ECU and et cetera. Right. Um, and they can still sell sponsorship. Like, it doesn't matter. They can have different liveries and different, like, true. exterior looks. Very true. All that matters is suspension, engine, drivetrain, you know, yeah. all that being the same. So, so that way, it literally just becomes a game of skill. Right. But. Yeah, there, there are a lot of, like, a lot of racing series that are starting to adopt that model are very successful because they're so exciting. It's true. The racing is close. Um, uh, I mean, you look at stuff like Formula One where the, you know, at times they have two options for engines or just one and they're all, you know, every engine's built by the same place. So everyone is putting out identical power. Now they get to mess with suspension and aerodynamics and such, but at least, you know, you have that one element that every team has to stick to and then pretty notorious rule rule book to follow mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I would definitely like just in general realistically i would love to see more big series for drifting pop up in the u.s like i love fd i'll probably be a fan of fd forever but i would so love some competition for them of bigger ones to like a bigger series to pop up they can actually get you know airtime and um actually puts up a yeah, challenge I mean, against I, them that's happened in the past and uh there was a lot of pushback from it um d1 tried to come over here and formula d fought them pretty hard and so it kind of squashed that whole series gotcha um, I think it would be cool to have that. I think, I think too, like there are other alternatives to showing or showcasing drifting without making it uh, a competition event. That, True. You know, that, it sucks because in a, in a full drift weekend, you know, you're talking 16 hours of track time, figure eight hours a day. Yeah. 
there's only really about 40 minutes of actual drifting that happens <laughs> for like an actual comp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like if, you, if you go by from when the cars like leave the line to when they cross the finish line, you total, you know, each lap yeah. is 30 seconds for sure. So you total that up. It doesn't, it's not very much airtime. So there's a lot of dead time. There, there could be much better ways of showcasing drifting and making it exciting and fun something you could play live not that requires to be edited down because i mean yeah you know watching formula d right now is a terrible experience it, online it's kind of a chore it's such a chore it requires an entire day i don't even watch qualifying that's the most boring thing i've ever seen so i don't even watch that um but i'll watch the competition but what, what my friends and i will do is we'll meet or hang out and, you know, we don't even turn it on until like an hour and a half, two hours after it's already started. And then we'll just scrub through all the bullshit yeah. so we can actually see the runs like in a, you know, cohesive manner where you actually can process like what happened. And, you know, there's not 30 minutes in between Osbo battled someone and then you don't have to wait 30, 40 minutes before he battles again, you know? Yeah. I really would love it if they could take over some of the downtime by using local drift teams to their advantage of being able to send them and have them do kind of just grassroots open style drifting between runs. Yeah, they've, they've talked about that, but there are a lot of problems with that too. They can't do it because what if one of them wrecked? True. Uh, what if one of them oils down the track or sprays cooling everywhere? It, what yeah. if uh you know they can't they can't do it for so many reasons unfortunately um yeah, it definitely does open up a lot they more can variables speed up the competition yeah yeah it's just a lot a lot of extra stuff and um you know if those drivers are good enough to like put through consistent runs and have a good enough car that looks exciting doesn't leak and they're not going to crash it well then that person should probably be driving in quality you know fair enough um and also what happens if some local chump goes out there and makes one of the pro drivers look like a dickhead who can't drive <laughs> you know what i mean like that would suck yeah I, I get like even if i saw and granted this is just from my point of view even if i saw a local driver just go out on the track and just fucking kill it i would just be excited for them like i I guess I wouldn't have the mindset to compare it to one of the actual FD drivers and like just seeing so many of the FD drivers just put like just lay down clouds of smoke and throw out monstrous angle. Right. It's hard to embarrass them. Like even if watch, you know, you can watch the people at the bottom of the totem versus the top for FD and rarely do I ever think anyone's embarrassing anyone. For sure. But, but I think what you have to remember is, you know, you and I know a lot about drifting and we know all the little nuances where in order to get the sport yeah. to grow, we need a lot of outside eyes. And true. So people that don't really know a lot about the sport, when they watch it, they're just like, well, why didn't he do? That's why, like, when Forrest Wang chucks a backy and then loses <laughs> and everyone loses their mind because he lost, they're like, he did better. He did better. You're like, no, he's not supposed to do that. Yeah, it's like, an yeah, unchaseable run. There, there's an issue with but, it. Right. 
but it so looks cool thing, as hell. Like, <laughs> it looks cool as hell, yeah. And and that's it's definitely kind of difficult because drifting is a visual sport. It is not for time. It's yeah. not for anything except looking as cool as possible. Yeah. So if it looks cooler, why does it lose? You know? Yeah. Um, and I definitely see that because like it, it's one hundred percent a spectator sport. Right. Um, it, it's hard. Like the first time I watched drifting made me lose interest for so many other things in my life of realizing how boring as shit they were. Right. <laughs> yeah, but think about it like this. Like I don't know. Do you know anything about dirt bikes or freestyle motocross? I'm I've watched X Games stuff for years whenever i was younger sure well i mean do you know anything about it like you know all the riders do you know all the tricks that sort of stuff you know i don't yeah and my point is if i saw three or four freestyle motocross runs in a row i would just be like all those are amazing and i have no idea who won (laughs) where the judges are like this guy did this this guy's can can he's had his legs more extended he tapped the brakes midair whatever whatever um that's what I, that's, that's the mentality or the perspective you have to look at when you're looking at making drifting growing and making it more watchable is all the people that don't know a damn thing when they're watching it, what is going to make them tell their friends to turn it on? Yeah. And I, I would love to see, I think it's in Europe. Mad Mike has his drift series where they're trying to be able to open it up. The drift shifters. Is it drift shifters? I, I just, Where they have all the sensors and yes, they uh, yeah try and light everything up yeah uh, like I would think that would do so, that's so got well its own over here problems have you yeah have you watched any of those like the full the full thing I've only seen clips okay so there was one year I think it was two years ago this guy goes out there and like completely biffs it I mean doesn't drift at all like sucks ass looks like he like it's literally his first time driving a car somehow <laughs> and he scores like four million points and gets like fourth place and everyone's just looking at it like what the fuck just happened uh-oh the system is broken and what ended up happening is he just drove by all these sensors and literally i, I will mind you this is accidental like yeah. he did not do this on purpose because he was just sucking ass the whole time through. I'll have to find the clip and send it to you so you can see it. Definitely. But basically, he accidentally did really, really good. And then they were just like, uh, and because it was live, There's nothing you know, the, the points are tallied immediately. Like they're, they're live counted. Yeah. That's and everyone's looking at the point. scoreboard. Right. And they're just like, uh oh, uh oh. I'm sure Mad Mike was losing his shit because it's his brainchild. Yeah. And he's just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then the homeboy, like, he got 4 million points. And everyone's just like, um, this is a joke. Like, this is clearly a fucking circus because that guy sucked ass and should have got dead last. Shouldn't even be here right now. And he just got forced somehow, like, with a bajillion points. What is happening? Yeah, that's pretty jacked up. So they need to figure that out. Hopefully they have a better better hold of it now than they did then. (laughs) Um, I feel like if it was still that way, then it probably would have died already. Yeah, I think they uh, they fixed the proximity sensors and stuff. But the problem with that series, in my opinion, is it's single runs, man. It's boring. It's yeah. not tandem. 
And uh, I guess with tandem, there's always going to be the issues of, you know, you can have runs be so, you know, so crazy, but they have to be chaseable and they have to be predictable. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I do agree with the calls that like Formula D has made against Forrest when he does do sure. a crazy thing. Cause they, the chase drivers got, especially with the level of cars now, they have to like, drive so trusting of the guy in front of them oh yeah i mean in order to get that close the the level of proximity that the central like in the last you know especially let's just call it the james dean era of drifting the chase run has essentially become the more important run of the two because everyone's able to put out such a damn good lead run that right it's down to the chase run of who can really hold that proximity better without touching or without fucking up the line right um and it's just like i can't imagine the turmoil that you know the drivers are going through because you end up having contact get made and like the lead driver often can be at fault or or it definitely can be the the chase but it's like how you calculate it of you know was the run as predictable as it was supposed to be like it's not did they go offline it's not you know did they slow down two miles an hour slower than they were allowed to in this zone right um it's, well, i mean it's, it's important for us all to remember too that these are still humans driving cars like no one's perfect people make mistakes and you're supposed you should be allowed to make a mistake in the lead run because the chase driver's job is to adapt to you as a moving clipping point. True. So if they're penalized, when you make a mistake, like you should be allowed to make a mistake. If they can't follow my mistake, then they're not a very good driver. Right. Yes. I made a mistake. Maybe I, I ran a nine out of 10, but if that caused him to straighten, then he did a two out of 10. Why do I lose? Just cause I, you know, That's made fair. one small mistake that, but I still stayed in drift. I stayed online. I, I hit my clips, that sort of stuff. I got you. Um, and then you also have like some drivers have a snappy transition. Some drivers have a, a more smooth or, or lazy transition. Um, you know, what's better? Well, depends on the course. It depends on the car. You know, an eight, six is going to transition much quicker than a, a four door car. Yeah. Um, Cause of the short wheelbase. And also, like, that's when driving style comes into place. Like, you see some drivers use a lot of handbrake. You see some drivers use a lot of left foot brake. You see some drivers that just work the clutch like crazy. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to, to skin the cat, so to speak. Absolutely. So, getting away from that for a moment, I know one of the big things to happen for you lately was Drift Week. Uh, yeah. How did that get? How did you get introduced into that, and how was it for you? Uh, so Aaron Losey is the idea man behind that. He he wanted to do something cool and exciting, and kind of a takeoff of Drag Week. And he's a good friend of mine from Lone Star Drift. We've known each other for a long time, and so um, he invited me out along with a bunch of other really rad drivers. And it was the dumbest good. Like coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> that so seems like the a best terrible idea. 
Right. Isn't it even so a driving my car drive like you drag week? Oh, significantly further. Yeah. Drag week guys do like I think a thousand miles total. Yeah. Where we did if I had driven the whole thing, I would have been closer to four thousand miles. Holy shit. So I put just over three thousand street miles on my car in ten days. How many oil changes were involved in 10 days? <laughs> um, only one, but that's because I blew out all the front seals on my car and I was forced to do that. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah. That's ultimately what, what led, led to my car's demise. It didn't happen till the very end, but the cam seals and crank seal literally blew out in the middle of track. And thankfully, I have an AccuSump system because I did an entire another lap because I thought it was the car in front of me. And I was like waving them down to try and get them to stop oh and like God. trying to tell them they're leaking oil everywhere. And it turned out it was me. And so like my car was running the whole time. But um, yeah, I, I was able to catch it and save it. And uh, yeah, fixed it all up and good to go. What kind of engine do you run in your car? It's a 2J. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. The, the, I got crazy lucky then if you didn't just completely fry everything. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, my AccuSump is uh, the biggest one. It's a three-quart AccuSump, and my oiling system is a 10-quart system total. Okay. And by the time I parked it, I had like less than two quarts left in the system. Oh so I got very lucky. Well, I'm glad yeah. you still have a car that's not fried. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Is it back up and uh, running but yeah, now? The, the whole experience was wild, man. We, we got to, we started here in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Nice. But yeah. I actually just finished doing a drift demo here at Circuit of the Americas at the Formula One track. Oh, sweet. And we got to do ride-alongs for people. We had a bunch of people come in town for the grid life time attack. Okay. And I ended up giving over 200 ride-alongs <laughs> throughout the weekend. So it, And car ran the whole time. Just kept on kicking. Hell yeah. So it definitely sounds healthy then. But yeah, so. so some, some interesting, yeah, some interesting metrics for you in the past. Uh, let's say three weeks, my car has done on over a thousand drift laps. Fuck. <laughs> and, and it's been at, yeah, insane, right? Like that's years worth of driving. Yeah. And it's been at eight different racetracks across the country, plus 3000 street miles. Uh, and I also in three weeks, which is something that's painful for me to think about. I burned up 40 tires. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a ridiculous amount of wear on a car. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. What, did you end up running into any other issues other than seals or? Yeah. I had multiple fuel pumps die. I had an alternator um regulator go out and overcharge the system which ended up melting wi melting wires Fuck. and melting relays uh i had was wheel anything, bearings go bad 
how much happened during the highway miles versus the track time go ahead like how much how many of the issues did you have during highway miles versus while on track I'm losing you a little bit here. Okay. How many issues? What now? How many issues did you have while driving on the highway versus when you're on track? On the way back? Uh, like, how many issues did you have while you were driving your car on the highway, like from, you know, track to track versus when you're actually doing laps? Oh, gotcha. So, when we left Houston or Austin, it's supposed to take 12 hours to get from Austin to New Mexico, which was our second stop. Okay. I broke down five times, ended up taking me 16 hours. And that was just the first leg of the trip. Damn. <laughs> so that was pretty terrible. And then basically all my breakdowns happened on the cruise in between tracks, except for when I blew all the seals out that happened on track. Okay. And for trying to fix a lot of that, did you have, you know, were you towing a trailer or did you just have your car? No, I was just in my car. Uh, we weren't supposed to bring a tra trailer. Some of them, some of the drivers did bring a little mini trailer behind their yeah. vehicle. Really, the plan was that we all all of our tires and our tools and our spare parts and that is like the convoy and it goes supposed to be going behind us but i'd broken down so many times that the the support truck was like two hours in front of me so i was screwed um i ended up thankfully like we kind of stuck together three or four cars at a time and i ended up just getting some wire and literally just stripping it back and wrapping it around the battery posts and hardwiring my fuel pumps. Oh, fuck. So that I was able to get to the destination. <laughs> it was a disaster, dude. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. beyond I had the Yeah. I had the wiring like going out from the passenger window, <laughs> like on the outside of the car, duct taped to the car, and then tucking inside the trunk and then going to the fuel pumps. Um, yeah, dude, it was bad. See, at first I was thinking, oh, you know, probably has rear battery, rear fuel pump. He just ran a bare wire between the two, so it's not as accident prone as uh, oh, risky. So sketchy. Yeah, that sounds yeah, uh, I, real bad. I later found out that I was leaking fuel, like from the cell, the tank, or the, the gas, the, the fuel cell somehow got cracked and was just leaking fuel randomly so that next to like hardwired fuel pumps it was very dangerous yeah that's just <laughs> man I, i'm glad your car's okay <laughs> like just this yeah me too i uh three thousand yeah. miles of fire hazard and fun um, it was it was very sketchy Next time I'm going to take multiple fire extinguishers because, man. Oh, dude, especially after what happened for one car, that was horrible. It was. Uh, that was really bad. Yeah. I, I I think Hoonigans posted a video on it uh, in the last couple of days 
of showing everyone actually running out and trying to put it out and holy shit right yeah that was unbelievably dangerous and uh driver rudy got really lucky and we're all thankful that you know he's safe the car obviously was complete total loss yeah um and that was one of the cars i i think what the dude was out of like maine or he was somewhere far out that he had to drive i want to say so he drove it that thing was a convertible with no roof or anything yeah and he drove it street drove it from idaho Idaho, all the way to austin and then from there all the way across to california he made it all the way to the last track and then you know, you saw his shit yeah. go up in flames. So yeah, that that, that was rough. Um, and it was a reliable car for, and it, I think it was a, still an LT one small block Chevy reliable Corvette the entire damn yep. way. Sure was. Oh man. Yep, sure was. Um, so and he was driving it good too. That's like every video or picture I saw of it. Like that thing was booking. And I never considered the older Corvettes as a decent drift car. Like I know a ton of people now with C5 and C6 ones, but yeah. Um, so I think he had a C4. Yeah. I don't think any of us really thought of it as a, as a good drift car, but, and it certainly wasn't like a really, yeah. really good one or anything, but it was, it was decent. It handled it. It own. did all right. <laughs> um, so do you have any other big events planned in the near future? Sorry, say that again. You broke up. Uh, do you have any big events planned in the near future? Yeah, I sure, sure do. I'm um, going up to Minnesota next week, actually, to go do some ice drifting with Josh Robinson and his Texas Drift Academy. Oh, that's badass. Is, so is he going to have the U out that. there? I wonder if he'll have the U out there or and then, what he has now. No, for the school, we, he's just got a handful of 350Zs. Okay. And, you know, especially for ice drifting and for students, because, you know, other yeah, that makes more sense. not going to let anyone drive that U. <laughs> That uh, makes much more sense. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's pretty good. And then, and then uh, I'm going to try and get into final bout in Houston, nice. which is in a couple of weeks. I'm like on the maybe list right now. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still waiting to hear back. Are, are you just living enough. life on the maybe list? I know, right? <laughs> a recurring thing. Um. Yeah. Have you been approved for any other grid lives yet, or are you still on maybe list for any of them at the moment? <laughs> Probably. I'm a, I'm a permanent maybe list for everything. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I am going to go to grid life Alpine this year for sure, and I'm going to try and I'm going to try and go to all the grid lives. Honestly, I already went. So this Coda demo was a grid life event as well. Yeah. And I'd like I'd like to try and do all the grid lives if I can pull it off. I'm disappointed that they're not doing grid life South this year, but at the same time, Atlanta doesn't play around with people driving crazy at the track or anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what's funny too, is I, um, 
I heard about that last year, and that's why I went. <laughs> uh, I was like, I have to make sure that I get this because this is my one chance to drive, uh, you know, Atlanta. And so I, I made sure to go, and then obviously we see what happened. What yeah. kind of mistake that was. <laughs> hey, at least the car looked fucking great on the track once it finally made it there with you driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, man. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> dude. She did pretty good. Um, she did all right for me. I, I ain't too mad. You have any uh, big changes planned for the car at all this year? I've done a couple things. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to go too crazy on it. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I practice what I preach. So, sure. nothing, nothing too wild. But like, I, I put a new turbo on it from Zona Rotor, which is really cool nice upgrade and the kendas that i've been running they actually just came out with a little bit bigger size so i'm gonna try and run those and then i got some some new NK wheels for it which are the best wheels they've ever made in my opinion they're really dope five spokes that are from japan only oh shit and i like begged them yeah they're called a pfo5 and i begged them to bring them over to america for me and they were like, oh, that sounds expensive. I'm just like, come on, these are the best wheels ever. <laughs> I promise people will love them. And they did. They, they brought them over for me. So I'm really, really hyped about that. I can't wait to put them on my car. Very they look cool. amazing. Yeah. Um, so little updates like that. But I want to keep the car recognizable. You know, I want, I want it to, from, from 200 feet away, I want people to still be like, that's the car from Hyperdrive. And then run over and come look at it. Now, if, if they ever did a season two of Hyperdrive or any other sort of driving comp, would you be up for doing something like that? Oh, yeah. I'm 100% in. 100%. Um, I know here they're trying to start a new racing series, kind of like a Gymkhana grid of uh, having a little bit of elements of like incorporating sharp use and just stuff that's going to have to be drifted, but have uh like, I'm, okay. I think I can't remember if it was called Jim Connor great. I remember seeing some stuff on, on uh old X on like a couple of year old X games, but essentially you set up a mirrored course and then it is timed, okay. but you end up having, you know, each car complete their side of the mirror and then he's going to have it people swap sides and then just add those times together and you know whoever has the lesser yeah, time Jim wins. it was exactly like that okay um there's one here that's going to be it's going to be largely a, a bowling green kentucky for uh okay. adrenaline racing series and i was just like i really hope it picks up because it like the idea the idea without any of the crazy stunts of hyperdrive of just having people it doesn't matter if the car is a drift car you know if it's a drag car or whatever everyone gets to bring their car that they think seems fit and compete it with each other um, yeah i think that's a great idea i mean people people love side-by-side motorsports because then you can in real time see like who's winning, who's losing, who's making mistakes, whatever, who's got style, who's got speed, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great way to display racing, especially in the modern era. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah it really is all about the spectator view of it because even while the driver you know every driver is going to be there so they can try and win especially in any sort of actual competition but the race can't exist without additional funding either from sponsors from crowds etc so yeah and i mean let's be honest if people don't care about that it's it's gonna die it's oh yeah i'm gonna survive without a doubt um, so. and in a world where our attention span is about four seconds it's getting more and right. more difficult to take control of that four seconds <laughs> yep that is the, the sad truth man you, and you just hit the nail on the head trying to get people excited for long enough to watch the whole thing you know oh dude it 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 is getting incredible like just so much more increasingly difficult uh yeah that's that's one of my big things with with like the hyperdrive thing for example i had to tell everyone i'm like did you watch it till the end and you would be amazed at how many people are like no i i turned it off after you crashed i'm just like oh my god you missed the best fucking part (laughs) like what the hell (laughs) they're like what do you mean i'm like Literally, like, you missed the entire, like, me, me coming back. You missed me battling a Lamborghini. Like, yes. Jumping my car. Like, all kinds of shit hit the fan. And you missed all of it because you thought it was over when I crashed. Oh, dude. I, like, so, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Whenever uh, Farouk lost to, to the Lambo guy, I messaged Farouk real quick on Facebook. I was like, hey, fuck that Lambo guy. He's like, no, no, man. That dude's <laughs> super nice. Don't say stuff like that. I'm like, oh, damn it. You're such a good person. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. And he was too. He he really was a really nice guy. But also like fuck that Lambo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I say I say fuck the Lambo, not necessarily fuck the Lambo guy. That's fair. That's Um, fair. Because the guy was cool, but like that was a cheater car, man. I mean For one, having a, a car turbo Lamborghini with all wheel drive or two wheel when he needs it, right? That's just it. So they told us you're gonna love this. They told us in the, the competition, they're like, Yeah, rear wheel drive cars only. Um, what and I was like, Yeah, because I was like, Well, once they told me they're like, You're gonna do jumps, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. I was like, Well, I'm bringing my rally car, I have a rally car too. Oh, and they yeah. were like, No, no, rear wheel drive only. I was like, so everyone's rear wheel drive they're like yeah and then i show up and there's the hurricane and i'm like okay that's not rear wheel drive what the hell and they're like oh yeah yeah they converted it and i was like really so i went and asked the team i'm like what'd you guys do to convert it they're like oh we took out the front drive shafts and so i immediately dropped to the ground and look under the car i'm like oh really because there's two drive shafts that are still in the fucking transmission (laughs) right here and they're just like uh well we have a switch that turns it off. I was like, you mean you guys are going to turn it off when you want to drift? Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so. satisfying whenever seeing them try and do, I always call it a J-turn, but I guess Rockwell turn. Yeah, and, J-turn is just, I mean, Rockford turn is like. Or, yeah, Rockford, the, sorry. Rockford or J-turn, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, whenever seeing the Lambo try and do that, I was just like, I, it felt so satisfying versus any of the cars that were set up at all for drift that just each completed it perfect. Yeah. Well, I think a big part of that was actually the drivers, you know, um, yeah. Jordan is a, is a 
a really good drag racer. And that's what he usually does is drag races like GTRs and stuff. And so like getting a whole shot and like controlling a car to go straight, he's good at, but, and, and gr- granted he did a really good job, you know, trying to get that thing to drift and stuff. Oh, absolutely. The drifters are so used to just like having their car sliding around and not being like worried about it or feeling out of sorts. Yeah. That we were just able to toss it around and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is kind of normal. Yeah, there's definitely a huge comfort level difference between the drifters versus everyone else in that series. Um, Right. I've just seen people. That was my favorite part. It showed that drifters will fuck up (laughs) other drivers, like, big time. And so it it kind of legitimized drifters, you know, because we're not very highly regarded in motorsports because drifting is pretty retarded but <laughs> you know the car control aspect oh dude it's unreal really, yeah so i think it, i think it did a great job of showcasing that yeah I, I mean like drifting is the skateboarding of competitive sports where yeah it's competitive and it's hard as hell to do but if you look at you know the average person looks at a drifter, you know, looks at a skateboarder versus look at someone that's in the NFL. They're like, Oh, this person's an athlete. This person's not. No, no. They're right. both athletes. And one of them is actually doing a hell of a lot more sometimes. Right. No, exactly. Um, I mean, not to take anything from football players, but True. football is, I, I think a lot of physical where not, maybe not a lot mental, unless I guess you're the quarterback. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, and it can be quite a bit mental regardless, just because of once again, the day and age we live in where sure. everything is dictated by science and, you know, they're learning to, you know, pretty much to do a sport like that. You're learning statistics of the likelihood of this thing going to happen. So you need to be ready for options A through Z to happen at any moment. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, still just like, there's so much skill that's going on. And I think anyone that I've introduced to the sport of drifting, like fam, friends, family, et cetera, uh, at first they're like, Oh, why are these dumb people roasting tires? That shit's expensive. Like, right. well, yes, you are correct that they may be dumb and those tires are expensive. Holy shit. Watch this guy get, get on this guy's door without touching Okay, he touched, right. but only a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's just they call that a love tap, and that's just to show their friends. Yeah, just a kiss, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so, was there anything else that you're hoping to chat about today? No, no, I think that more or less covers everything. Um, nice. I guess. Uh, the typical, you know, shout outs. If you guys are interested in supporting me in any way, you can go check out my website. It's fieldingshredder.com. And there's all kinds of merch and stuff on there. Is there a link then, to your YouTube on there? Or where's the, uh, what's. Mm, there should be, but I don't know if there is any, I don't know. Okay. I remember. <laughs> so probably just looking at yeah, your my, name on YouTube. will find your channel. Yeah, exactly. Just, just type me into all the socials and got to pull it up and give me a follow. That'd be cool and uh, a subscribe on the YouTubes. And um, I always try and encourage everyone who is, you know, kind of a part of my world to let me know what you like, what you don't like, because I'm making the media to kind of, you know, push 
push the things I like to do, but oh, if, yeah. if it needs to go in a different direction, then I'm, I'm all ears, you know, whatever, whatever the, the masses want to see, that's what I'll make so that I can continue to grow and, and do cool stuff. Sounds like a great idea, dude. Well, I, yeah. I greatly appreciate you being on here and, uh, yeah, I hope to see you at some events this year and hope you continue kicking ass, buddy. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely.